Rachel Berry, part three. It's season three. Yet again, we can skip over the elaborate introduction and just kind of get right on into things, Aman. Uh, season three with Rachel is a pretty big one for her. This character here we got, uh, Rachel, is about to get ready for her senior year, uh, live her senior year, get ready for college, get ready for her future. She got a taste in New York, and now it's time to see what things are going to be like as she really prepares for the rest of her life. Yeah, season three is, um, this is like her most formative season, I guess. A lot happens to Rachel here. Uh, and she, yeah, she learns a lot about herself. She learns a lot about how people see her. And she learns a lot about the limits of uh, of reality <laughs> um, in this season. So, yeah, this is, um, I enjoy season three a lot. Yes, it's uh, a great season overall. As far as Rachel goes, we'll talk about it. Let's get into it. Uh, we start off at the beginning of the season with the Purple Piano Project. And as mentioned, uh, time to figure out what we're doing after high school. Rachel and Kurt put together some plans for you know what they're going to do. Obviously, they both want to go to New York. And they've uh, talked a little bit with Emma, uh, Miss Pillsbury, who tells them about Niata. And they're like, oh, that sounds exactly like where we want to go. Uh, this is where we're going to end up. Uh, we got to get to New York. So the two of them are planning. Uh, you know, just how they're going to do that. They end up singing together with Ding Dong, The Witch is Dead, and they feel pretty good about themselves getting into Niata. Like, they feel good about their chances. Obviously, they're both super talented. Uh, they end up going off to this mixer for, for potential Niata students, and they end up getting taken pretty aback by the fact that all of the other kids, Harmony and all these other kids, uh, are really good. And they kind of take a moment to themselves when they get back to their car after all that. They're like, damn. Like, we're not the only shining stars out here that are looking to make their way to New York. Like, this is a little scary, actually. Like, do we have enough on our resumes to get into the school? Like, are we going to be good enough? Like, uh, they, they actually begin to, you know, have some doubts in themselves for the first time. And um, I do enjoy the fact that this journey is going to begin for the two of them together. Yeah, uh, a big wake up call initially, right? Just there are other talented pitches out here. I mean, you guys could have you guys already knew that because. You've been spending the past two years competing against so many other talented children. You would have thought that none of those kids had aspirations of being somebody one day. Um, but this mixer, we do get to see uh, Harmony sing her ass off and make these uh, make these two just shake in their boots. I love it because Rachel looks so uncomfortable because she sees herself in all of these kids. Like, just the sheer talent and the, just the, the, the in your face sense of it all she's like oh my god like mm -hmm. i'm really not that special they have a whole breakdown in the car like it's really beautiful to see because you know you you get put in your place and you're like bitch maybe i'm not shit or maybe i'm not the shit i got some shit but i don't have the shit because <laughs> all these other bitches have shit too shit mm -hmm. 
Yeah, they definitely seem, uh, you know, super worried about things in general. Obviously, on Kurt's end of things, that's going to kind of lead him into this presidential campaign, uh, you know, about uh, trying to become the school uh, school president to kind of uh, beef up his resume and make things like look a little bit better to ensure his spot. Uh, as far as Rachel goes, her and Finn are still together. They're discussing their future. Finn is working at the tire shop uh, on the side while he's obviously still in school, senior year as well, of course. Um, Rachel is talking about having, uh, you know, a, a Maybe she's going to audition for West Side Story, which uh, she is going to end up actually linking back up with Shelby Corcoran, who is back. Her mom uh, is back for uh, some, you know, uh, different reasons here at McKinley. Uh, she's coaching a new glee club, which is not going to be one that Rachel joins. Um, but we know the story there with Sugar Mata bringing in uh, the best of the best to come coach the Trouble Tones. Uh, but Shelby, now that she's back and she's, you know, around Rachel, she wants to help Rachel out. She gives her some advice, keep her head on straight. And, uh, you know, they rehearse together and Rachel ends up in competition with Mercedes to get the role of Maria, which, you know, drama d- goes down there because they both end up being given the role. As Mercedes points out, nobody wants to say no to Rachel. Nobody ever says no to Rachel. So uh, they're like, oh, both of you can do it, which leads Mercedes to quitting. Um Mercedes is going to go off and join the Trouble Tones. The rest is history there. And, uh, you know, so on top of that, so now Rachel's got the role. Uh, she's got Finn. She's got, you know, she's got things going for her. Uh, but it's not enough because over these first couple of episodes, while Kurt is running for class president, she's going to do what she can to also get that uh, for herself. Uh, Kurt needs this uh, or he feels that he needs this. And she's like, you know what? Uh, I don't feel, and this is before she knows that, you know, how the uh, the parts are actually being given out. Uh, she's like, well, if Mercedes ends up getting the part, I need this to, to help me out. Uh, so she ends up also joining the, pre- uh, the race for president, which Kurt is obviously not very happy about. Finn is like, what are you doing? You don't need this. Drop out of the race. Kurt needs it. Like, what do you, what's, what's wrong with you? And now he has to like pick between his girlfriend, his, his brother. Uh, so, you know, just doesn't take long to get into the typical Rachel Berry mess. Yeah, I mean, she really bites off so much more than she can chew. I mean, she thought that she was going to get all of this stuff her senior year. And I think this is like the biggest that that's like the theme of the beginning half of the season for her is that like things are not always as they seem. There's a bunch of other people that want to get into Niada. So now she has to try even harder. There's a girl that also wants the same part that she wants. And now she has to try even harder. Now she has to even try even harder to get more things on top of her resume to make sure that it's stacked enough. Although you really should have been doing that beforehand and the thing is once again Rachel you have like when we first met you you were talking about how you were the president of all of these clubs and you were only a sophomore all of that stuff is cumulative you can put all of that stuff on your resume like your your college people at colleges do not just look at your senior year if anything they, they pay attention to that the least the only thing that they look at on your senior year is to make sure that you're not failing at the end and you didn't get senioritis and you were like fuck it I got into school already because Man, I, I knew a girl that had her shit rescinded because she decided to slack off, and I felt so horrible for her. But it was, girl, what you doing? But um, yeah. So the fact that she is trying to gobble up all of these positions, <laughs> why? And are you really going to even have the time to do all of this stuff? Like, I just—it's a lot. It's really a lot, and it's—and it's very, it's very, uh, it's very selfish because. Once again, you're like, well, screw Mercedes, even though you had that big heart to heart with her last season. You're like, even screw Kurt, who's trying to get the same opportunity that you're trying to get. And you know that he has less things on on his resume than you do. You have at least been able to go to nationals and leave. You you at least have the title of having like co-captain of the of the Glee Club. He doesn't have that. And on top of that, Kurt has had to like switch schools because of bullying. Like, I wish Kurt would have thrown that in her face. Like. 
I've been trying to like keep myself alive through high school and you are over here trying to take one last little bit of a uh, resume building that I can get. Just just a mess. And but I she, point she I point to all of this stop. when we get to season five and Santana's gonna end up auditioning for the understudy and Rachel's like, How could you do this? How could you try to take this from me? Which Santana's not even trying to take anything from her. She's just the understudy. Um, but Rachel's out here, you know, on a, on a much on a somewhat different scale, uh, but still on like one of the most crucial times in Kurt's life. Um, and Mercedes as well. Like the fact that like both of them, you know, everybody's out here trying to just kind of do their own thing and, you know, I don't know, work for themselves in their senior year. And Rachel, I mean, specifically with the Rachel and Kurt thing that like, like you said, yeah, well, like we said, Kurt needs this. Rachel doesn't need this. Uh, and she just jumps right on in and tries to take it from him. So, I mean, I don't remember exactly. We'll talk about it more when we get to season five of like where Kurt ends up falling down uh, between the Rachel and Santana debate. I feel like he ends up like not choosing a side. Yeah, I mean, that is the answer. He ends up like, you know, saying like, uh, you know, I just think we should all get along. And then Rachel moves out, blah, blah, blah. Um, but like was there even any callback to that like hey Rachel remember the time that you did this exact same thing and you know it was at an even worse time because uh you like Santana's not whatever okay well I'll I'll save that but I'm just saying just saying yeah yeah. no no I I agree I agree wholeheartedly just saying uh but as the show is going to be on uh for West Side Story we're gonna get into the first time which is going to be a big episode for Rachel and Finn uh Artie of course giving the advice of a lifetime to Blaine and Rachel that uh, to make their acting a little bit more better, believable, uh, more better, yes, uh, believable, uh, that uh, they probably need to work on, you know, losing their virginities because obviously they both still have them. Um, Finn ends up inviting Rachel over, overthinking, uh, sorry, hello. Uh, Finn ends up inviting Rachel over, this is me reading my notes, uh, thinking that it may be time uh, to to do it. I think uh, maybe we're ready, but when it almost happens, uh, Rachel makes a comment about how, you know, this is all great because she's preparing for her role. And Finn realizes what she just said and what she's getting at here, basically, that she's only wanting to have sex with him because it's going to help with her acting. Uh, and obviously, he gets very upset about it. She runs off, talks to the Glee girls. All of them try to give her some advice on what she should do. Um, and, you know, she's like, there's nothing wrong with uh, sleeping with somebody you love. It's just you should not have said that to him and you should not have, uh, you know, approached it in that way. But whatever. Uh, opening night comes and goes and uh, they still have a perfectly fine performance, both uh, Blaine and Rachel. Uh, and then afterwards, she ends up going to Finn's house. He's uh, feeling down on his own because he had an opportunity for a football scholarship but ended up not getting it so you know while he's feeling down she talks to him look we will make our new dreams together we still have all of our senior year ahead of us uh we're gonna figure it out i promise and she apologizes for what she was saying and doing earlier and uh when all is said and done here they do the nasty back at finn's house so this is just uh, a whole episode which uh, again highlights one of the many times that Rachel gets somehow to uh, the conclusion she's looking for by messing it up along the way, but again, still getting what she wants. So yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah, I, I struggle with this sometimes. This the how it all pans out because she's like, I mean, she's trying to make Finn feel better and telling him that he's special and you want to know why because I'm going to give you something that no one else is ever going to get. And I think on paper it's supposed to sound sweet and seem sweet. It's like, oh, she's she's giving herself to him so that he can feel better. But it still just feels a little. I guess because all that stuff happened before, it just feels very like, uh, like, and even Finn is like, you don't have to do this. The show's over. <laughs> she's like, fuck the show. <laughs> I just want you. And I'm like, 
All right, I guess. Like, were you really was that was that your plan the entire time as you were coming over there after the show? Was that what you were gonna do? I I don't know. It just I, I, and that might not be so much uh, Rachel as it is just the writing. I think it's just a little clunky, but whatever. They they had that milestone moment for themselves, and I'm glad that it was a consent a can um consensual moment, and they both uh, seemed to enjoy each other. So yeah, it's a lot later than uh. A lot of, uh, well, I won't say a lot, but I feel like senior year, a lot of people have already done the nasty by then. So, <laughs> And, you know, these two have obviously been connected for two seasons now. It's like almost, I guess, surprising, which I hate to put it that way, but like almost surprising. I think kind of what you're saying is just like that it hasn't happened yet. Um, they've been so in love with each other since essentially the first time they met, like the first time they met. Uh, and and they made out, and Finn was on top of her, and literally almost had to change his pants uh, and picture the mailman to you know prevent this from happening. And here we are, two years later, uh, that finally something's happening. I guess last season we saw, uh, you know, Rachel let Finn touch her boobs, so there was that. Um, but they just have never sealed the deal, and now here, I guess they realized, you know, the writers were like, oh shit, they still haven't done that, right? Well, probably probably needs to do that. All right, there it is. Um, so yeah, like you said, it's uh, perfectly consensual. Both. Um, you know, old enough, I think, uh, for sure, mature enough to make this decision. And they go ahead and they get that uh, done. <laughs> I was going to say get that out of the way. That probably wasn't something they were trying to get out of the way. Whatever. Moving That's on. What she said she was like, I need to get this done before opening night. Well, she did say get that at first. And then done? I guess by the end of it. Yeah. They're trying to like show us like, oh, no, they actually want to do this because they love each other. Aww. But yeah. Um Getting into the next couple of episodes, we see uh, more Rachel and Shelby. It's it's so crazy. You know, this whole time that Shelby is here, it's so not about Rachel. It's all about uh, the Trouble Tones or Quinn or Puck, uh, because obviously the Beth of it all. Um, but Rachel is still hanging around, you know, while Shelby is here at McKinley. Uh, she ends up asking Shelby for a letter of recommendation uh, on a, uh, a, I'm sorry, a signature on a letter of recommendation that Rachel already wrote, uh, because that's how Rachel is and she prepares uh shelby agrees and she's like oh, i'm so proud of you like you're you're killing it out here you're gonna make it you're gonna do it all I'm, I'm just i think this is awesome um and she even ends up agreeing to write her own version of the letter so that you know it's more from the heart it's more personal so that's nice um rachel ends up realizing that she probably should withdraw from the race because she knows that she doesn't need it and kurt does uh she even ends up apologizing mm -hmm. to him saying that she should have done it sooner and he forgives her he's like it's hard being mad at you anyway because obviously these two are such bffs um but she says to him, Amon, that she's going to do whatever it takes, whatever it takes to get Kurt the win. Yeah. Um, and whatever it takes really just goes a little too far. Um, she decides that she's just going to take it into her own hand. She's afraid that Kurt might end up losing because Santana and Brittany have decided to take the world by storm with a uh, Beyonce number. All the girls are looking to vote for Brittany, so it's just not looking good for Kurt. Rachel decides to stuff the ballot box, which you could have, like, at least done that strategically. Like, I'm not saying, you know, like, look, far be it from me to, to uh, condone rigging an election. But if you're going to rig, don't just throw more votes in the box than there are students. You dumb idiot. <laughs> but she does it anyway. Um, Kurt, of course, is suspected of it first. But Rachel is then going to go ahead and admit to it. And then she ends up getting suspended and she can't perform at sectionals now. Senior year. And she's barred from banned from barred. But I think both work uh, from sectionals. 
That's crazy. She's uh, in barred from final- sectionals, and they have to put it on her student record. Yeah, and report it to the colleges. Which good. That's what you get. I don't care. They might not care that much at all because it's a stupid thing to be on your record. But good, you annoying person. You deserve it. Like, do you have to report that kind of thing to a college? Like, I feel like that doesn't really. <laughs> amount I mean, to truly, anything like the people the, the amount of things that i'm sure are on other people's records like compared to try to rig a presidential election like she, right she like, could have done something so much worse right like if she cheated on exams and stuff of course report that stuff if she anything happy have having to do with like academics yeah i mean Violence. yeah and some of the behavioral stuff yeah like i mean but if she's out here fighting and stuff like that every day like sure you can report that kind of stuff but like i don't know this just seems a little benign but whatever <laughs> I mean, okay like gotta Niata's keep, gonna give a shit you gotta keep the stakes high uh she ends up uh as we get to sectionals she runs into quinn who has been like i said hogging all of shelby's time with all the beth drama uh quinn actually comes to rachel with this whole idea uh that she is planning to get shelby fired because she slept with puck yeah yeah shelby's been out here uh being hot for student and Quinn finds out about it. Rachel knows that Quinn knows. Um, and Rachel thinks that it's bad, too. But at the same time, it's like w- like you're doing it because you want to hurt Shelby. Because you want your baby back that you gave up legally. And that is her mom. That is her mom. Her mom is fucking up right now. But that is still her mom. So do you really want to take this out on Shelby just in the interest of getting Beth back when Beth has already bonded with that lady? And sure, yes, what Shelby is doing is disgusting, but it's technically not illegal. It's probably, it's against a bunch of school rules, of course, but it's still not illegal. Um, so do you really want to end her life? Or not end her life, but ruin her life? Whoa! Whoa. Uh, <laughs> Quinn wasn't going yeah. that far. Glee after dark. Well, Quinn quit. Quinn has a, a homicidal uh, streak to her. I can feel it. Um but she does she does get through to her and this is i think this you know i never really thought about it this way but they do sort of her and shelby do sort of like come to a very nice place here um around this time in the season and i think that this is mostly about quinn for rachel but i think that a bit of this is rachel trying to help shelby as well cuz she's like i like shelby like yes what she's doing is wrong but like that's that is her mom and Also, I think that a little bit of it has to do with, like, that being Rachel's adoptive mom and knowing, like, oh, well, what if Shelby had tried to do this with my dad's? Like, I think a lot of this is at play with Rachel. I think that Rachel was the perfect person to sort of bring Quinn back down and be like, look, think about all of the ramifications for what's going to happen. Like, think about what you can do to someone's life by, you know, uprooting their parent. Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's a lot. Yeah, that's a good point about the whole, you know, Rachel's experience on her own end of things and how that kind of factors into it. Um, but just as far as Quinn goes, like Rachel is the Quinn whisperer. Like, I, I, I mean, I don't have to, you know, joke about Faberi in every podcast, although I probably could. Um, like, I think the reason that a lot of that, uh, that gains so much traction uh, on Glee, like message boards and everything online for so many years is because anytime that these two have a conversation or connect on a scene, you see just how much like Rachel is the Quinn whisperer. Like she is able to talk Quinn down in the way that like, 
genuinely in the way that you see like Brittany and Santana interact sometimes where like uh, Santana needs Brittany's guidance to kind of calm her uh, and to kind of make her see the light. And so many times you kind of see that with Quinn and Rachel, like in season two, you see it again, uh, mid season one, you're seeing it again here. You'll probably see it again later uh, of just like Quinn gets all worked up. She gets in her head, um, you know, by no means are either of these two uh, perfect, uh, but you know, they both have uh, lots of flaws that kind of prevent, I mean, again, young high school kids, uh, that kind of prevent them from getting a lot of the things that they want or just uh, they go about things the wrong way. Um, but Rachel definitely kind of catches Quinn on a lot of things that she uh, could potentially be doing that are super dangerous um, like this, uh, potentially getting Shelby fired and, you know, like you said, ruining her life. So um, it's a nice moment where Rachel kind of talks Quinn down off the ledge and uh, they end up in Figgins' office later uh, talking about how, you know, Quinn's like, I, I think I want to go to Yale. Um, I'm thinking about my future more. I'm thinking about, you know, I, I want to kind of be in their drama program. I'm not as talented as you or Kurt, but I still want to continue on in this glee club kind of life. Uh, and Rachel's like, Oh, that sounds great. Like, let me help you with your application. And, uh, I, you know, I, th I think this will be great. Like you and I are friends, right? And Quinn's like, yeah, we're friends, whatever, Barry, uh, shouldn't say it like that, but yeah, no, they, uh, do seem to be like locked in, um, as friends as we get ready for the rest of their senior year together. They both end up going off to the auditorium where they welcome back the trouble tones who have lost at sectionals and are going to read join the new directions so all the girls are back together for the rest of their senior year and it's you know it's nice uh definitely uh like this episode a lot when they all come back together and you know we see the happy family or the happy dysfunctional family heading towards the finish line together um christmas what happens at christmas here just rachel being a brat right yeah, she turns into Kim Kardashian, has a bunch of exorbitant demands um, for gifts from Finn, and Finn doesn't know what to do, ends up getting her uh, an African sow pig, which she's like, I'm a vegan, I wanted my I wanted my bling, what's going on? In the meantime, Artie is producing this Christmas special that's going to feature the Glee Club, which um, means that the Glee Club will not be able to perform for the homeless, like Sue had originally scheduled them to. Um, but at the end of it all... Itchy the Clown. Not it, wait, what's, what was his name? <laughs> I should, no, I feel like that's right. Uh, uh, um, something, no, I don't remember. Whoever Rory played. Itchy the Elf, something like that. I don't, not Clown. Not it clown. wasn't a Clown. I, well, it was uh, itchy sounded elf. right. Oh, no. Siri, no. Siri, get off my computer. Okay, there we Showing go. Showing results Siri for Itchy it. the Clown. Um, uh, Rory reminds them of the true meaning of Christmas at the end of the special. And oh, nice. so Rachel does end up returning the expensive gifts that Finn does end up buying for her mm -hmm. um, with the help of Santana, the deleted scene. Um, and uh, they go and uh, help Sam and Rory collect money for the Salvation Army, as well as show up at the uh, homeless shelter to sing. Yeah, it's almost like, you know, how like in season two, the Christmas episode was like, oh, obviously it's going to be all about Sue being the Grinch. Like, that's how you you have this character. It just it, the puzzle pieces uh, fit right together. Uh, it's also kind of like, obviously, in a, in a holiday episode, you have to have Rachel being a total brat about Christmas gifts. It just makes sense. So uh, this, you know, you could have seen this one coming a mile away. So, you know, nothing too significant to the overall story. But uh, her and Finn, happy, happy, happy with all the gifts and all the Christmas, much better than they were around Christmas last year, but things are really going to heat up, Amon, in the next couple of episodes. Yes, no, Michael, Hart, uh, things are about to get a little bit more serious. Uh, Will has pl uh, planned to propose to Emma, and Rachel actually gets proposed to by Finn out of absolutely nowhere. 
Yeah, uh, Finn feels like, I mean, there aren't a lot of great things that are in his life, and Rachel is one of the good ones, and before the opportunity can pass him by, he's like, you know what, I think I just gotta go for it. And Rachel is stunned initially. She doesn't really know what to do, um, and she doesn't know how to respond, and Finn doesn't pressure her. He's like, you know what, like, you're right. You don't have to answer right now if you're not sure. And so Rachel's gonna spend a lot of time thinking about what she wants, um, she still doesn't know what's going on with Niata. Um, there's just a lot going on. Um, but when she does eventually get her Niata letter saying that she's moving forward, it's hard for her to be completely happy because she still has this marriage proposal hanging over her. Um, so she does tell uh, Mercedes and Kurt about it um, and how she's sort of leaning towards saying yes. Because, like, why can't she have both? Like, you know, why can't you just say yes and also go to Niata and bring Finn along? Like, why not just kill two birds with one stone um but they are going to go ahead and agree to it the two of them and then they tell the whole club about the uh about the engagement kurt is not really a big fan of it um and whenever rachel asks quinn what she thinks she should do quinn is like look you want a cold hard facts you guys are a lovely couple but if you want to be happy you got to move on like it's time to go um, so it, she's, it's, it, there's a lot of opinions flying in every which way, but when they sing that Michael Jackson song together, it was like Rachel had the stars in her eyes and she just couldn't, she just couldn't see it any other way. So she's like, you know what? Screw it. We're getting engaged and we'll move the wedding up maybe before we leave for school. Like it's just, we're going to do it. We're going to do it because we love each other. We love yeah. it. And that's what Finn was hoping for when they sing, I just can't stop loving you together. Uh, He was like, I really want you to hear me. You hear me best when I sing and when we both sing together. uh, And after they sing that song together, she's like, you're right. Like, I get it. I see it. I hear you. uh, I will marry you. Uh, So, you know, I don't know. I'm sure we talked about it in Finn's podcast. I'm sure we talked about it in the episodes of like the whole uh, rushing into this marriage thing. Um, I don't know. Just kind of like an overall thought about it. It's just it, it... does it make sense for this character? Uh, I think it makes sense. F- it, it doesn't not make sense. I guess I'll say that because both of these characters, Finn and Rachel, are pretty impulsive. Uh, Finn is out here panicking about his senior year and, you know, what he's going to do next. And he doesn't really know. But the one thing that he does know is that he loves Rachel and that he, you know, wants to be with Rachel. And, you know, uh, if he can't lock in what he's going to do next for college or anything like that, he can at least lock in. Well, I know when I leave high school, I'll still have Rachel. I won't have the Glee Club anymore. I won't have Mr. Shoe, but I'll have Rachel because we're engaged and maybe even married by then. Rachel, that's why she's obviously a lot more hesitant about this because she's like, I know what I have next. I know I'm going to audition for Niata uh, and I'm going to get in and, you know, she's going to feel confident about it or she's going to end up in New York one way or another. Uh, She's not going to give up until she achieves her dreams. So she's like, wait a second. Like, I mean, I do want to have Finn with me as well, but this is a big step. Um, and ultimately just kind of ends up being uh, taken in by the love that she has had for Finn for three years now and saying, you know what, I do love you and I don't want to lose you again. And, uh, you know, I hear how much you want me not that sounded weird, how much you love me and how much like, you know, you're you, you want this and um, let's do it. Let's get married. Why not? So, uh, yeah, um, it, it does. Again, it doesn't seem completely untrue to the characters. Uh, it just still does seem like a little wild, um, but that's what they're going to do. They're going to end up getting engaged. They end up telling, you know, uh, their dad, Rachel's dad's about the engagement. 
who come by the school to show their support. They even invite Finn, Bert, and Carol over for dinner, which uh, ends up being quite a night. Bert and Carol uh, are in on this whole plan with uh, Rachel's dads where uh, they're going to have Rachel and Finn have a bit of a sleep over here. They packed all of Rachel, uh, no, all of Finn's stuff and uh, go on upstairs and get to some baby making. Not really, uh, but just get to it. Uh, And once they get upstairs, they end up, fighting which is exactly what the parents were expecting oh you are you can't use the bathroom oh, no i need this i need whatever uh stupid fighting as you know the parents again were exactly hoping for um but it really doesn't end up going anywhere because within like a couple of hours they settle things down they're like okay deep breath we can figure this out together we love each other uh let's 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 do this let's figure it out and you know what fuck everyone else let's get married even sooner mm-hmm. but before they can get married They've got to get rid of this scandal that's at their front doorstep because Sebastian is back with nude photos of a brown dick posted to Finn's body. Oh, the the scandal of it all. Um, Rachel is appalled, uh, but she is not going to back out of regionals just because Sebastian is trying to hang this over them, which is going to kind of piss Finn off. But Rachel's like, Rachel makes a valid point. She's like, well, I'm going to be your wife. Like, do you think that I'm not going to get embarrassed too? <laughs> like, it's obviously it's a fake picture. Like, who the hell cares? Um, but they do end up inviting the entire Glee Club to the wedding, and they're like, "Look, we're going to do it. We're going to go ahead and get married before we leave for school. We would really appreciate all of you to support us. But if you can't support us, that's fine. You can just stay home." Um, they go to regionals. They win, and it's looking up for this wedding. Um, they're trying to get this shit crack-a-lack in. They're all at the uh, the courthouse, but the only person missing is Quinn. She is running late. She had to pick up her dress. And then on the way there, she ends up getting hit by a car. And that's how Regina George dies. No, I'm totally kidding. Woo. But she, she did get hurt, though. Yeah. Um, okay, so... How do we approach this from Rachel's perspective? Um, obviously, we've talked about it from Quinn's, from Finn's. So, um... I think she is, you know, obviously upset that she, I mean, she feels responsible. She feels sad that Quinn is in the wheelchair. I think she does the usual Rachel Berry thing where she does make it about herself, but it's Quinn's own fault. She was the one that was late. She was the one that was texting and driving. Like, it has nothing to do with you, Rachel. It's not your fault that she's in the wheelchair. And plus, it's not like she's going to be paralyzed forever. The doctors say that with enough physical therapy, she could get out of the chair um, in due time. So I understand Rachel being upset and feeling responsible. But girl, no, it's not always about you. Yeah, it was just your wedding. It could have been anywhere that she was going. She's as Rory's going to say a year later, Quinn texts and drives in every timeline. <laughs> so true. Yeah, I mean, Rachel was high, uh, riding this big high from uh, the regionals win where, you know, that was uh, huge after she wasn't even able to compete at sectionals. Uh, so she was she was doing great from that. Her and Finn, super excited, super happy that they're about to go get married and they seemingly have support from pretty much everybody. Like Quinn was kind of like the last remaining piece in the puzzle that did not offer full support. And when Rachel and Quinn had that conversation, you know, Quinn back in her Cheerios uniform and Rachel complimenting her on, you know, you look great in that. Like you look like yourself again. Uh, you look like you're, you know, you have everything all back together. I hope that you're going to come to the wedding and be one of my bridesmaids. Uh, and 
once Quinn essentially does confirm that she will be there and she offers that support, Rachel, like looking around, like truly what is, what could go wrong in my life right now? Like everything is falling into place. I'm about to marry the guy I love every, like my parents, my dads are going to be here. Rachel's, uh, I mean, Finn's, uh, mom and dad are going to be here. And then when this happens, uh, she's like, damn, I, you know, uh, can't, can't ever just, uh, be in all happiness for more than five minutes, uh, because now my girlfriend just got into a car accident. Um, so yeah, she feels super guilty. And, uh, after Quinn ends up coming back to the school, uh, Quinn is obviously, you know, not able to attend senior ditch day activities in the same way that everybody else is. So Rachel feels bad about that. Quinn keeps trying to reassure her that it's okay. It's not her fault, which is true. Like Quinn did the texting and driving. Uh, you know, Rachel pressuring her to, to get to the, to the wedding faster. Definitely. Quinn was texting and driving. Um, so Rachel's still preparing for Niata. Finn is kind of starting to, uh, have some, you know, troubles here. Uh, big brother, Saturday night Cleaver. these two episodes, we're going to see him, you know, wondering is Rachel even, you know, genuinely considering what I want after high school? Like we were supposed to get married. That didn't happen. So we have to push that off. Um, so now that we have like a little bit extra more time to think about it and think about things, um, you know, Finn's just starting to wonder, like, is Rachel considering every aspect of both of us going forward? Or is she only thinking about Niata? Uh, cause that's, you know, a pretty big factor in, uh, when, if, and when they do go forward and ultimately get married, uh, she talks to him about, you know, she's gotta get there. She's gotta get to New York. Um, and Finn's like, all right, well just make sure you think about this. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, she is doing, she's, she's feeling herself right now because so much is happening for her. I mean, sure, sure the wedding did not go the way that it was planned, but she's prepping for Niata. She, her future's looking bright and she isn't really taking a lot, as much time as she was in the beginning of the season, thinking about them together. And he's like, look, think like, do you really want me here? Are you idealizing this relationship right now? Like think about what it is that you truly want and think about what the future actually could look like realistically and how that's going to make us feel. Um, eventually Finn is going to come around with through, with some hesitation to the conclusion that he does want to go to New York with her. He's not entirely sure of what yet. He th- he's thinking more and more about performing, but it's not concrete. It's not set in stone. Um, but that makes Rachel very, very happy because now she doesn't really have to do any more of the emotional and mental labor right now to think about like, oh my God, what am I going to do with Finn while he's there? Like, is he going to be, is he going to feel safe? Is he going to feel good? Is he going to feel fulfilled? Like, so, um... Yeah, she he pretty much tells her to do the work and think about it, but really it's his work that he has to do. Like Rachel, I mean, she's had this plan for a very long time and you're you're the one that has to make the decision as to whether or not you want to join her and do a similar thing, join her and do something else or not go at all. So, as far as Rachel's concerned, it's like, "Oh, okay, you want to act? You want to get into pace? You want to be an actor? You want to join the actor studio? All right. Mm-hmm. Let's make it happen." Yep. Because I'm and, good. And we'll get there. I mean, as she she's going to get ready for herself, uh, obviously, we're going to get to the end of the season when she's going to get uh, actually having the opportunity to uh, have her audition for Niata. Uh, before we do get there, though, we have uh, in the Dance with Somebody episode, um, we get to uh, highlight a little bit of the Rachel and Santana friendship a little bit, which uh, has not really been anything that has been talked much about throughout the first three seasons up until now. I mean, uh, there's been, t- you know, they, they've had plenty of conversations. Uh, they've been they've talked to each other in the choir room this 
this and that. It's usually from the aspect of uh, Santana being, you know, not the nicest to Rachel. Uh, Rachel doesn't seem to have the most love back for Santana. But as we know, uh, this friendship is going to mean a lot going into the next couple of seasons or this uh, whatever you would call it, this uh, the relationship between these two. Uh, so in this episode, we get to see that uh, after they get to sing together, uh, they have that moment by the lockers where they're like, oh, wow, we really could have been, you know, we really could have run things here if uh, we linked up sooner and, uh, you know, sang more often. We wasted three years being enemies and there's only, you know, how many days until graduation. Uh, and Santana even ends up admitting here that she's going to miss Rachel, even though she actively tried to make her life miserable. She respects her talent and her ambition. And Rachel's like, oh, well, that's so sweet. You should put a picture of us up in your locker. Maybe we'll sing together another time before we go. It's like, uh, OK, um, glad we're getting this in at the last minute, even though it just does seem out of nowhere. Yeah, uh, it does feel a little out of nowhere, but I guess it was just mostly setting up so that it wasn't as awkward in season four, right? Although I don't feel like it would have been as awkward. I feel like they still could have made things work in the beginning of season four to gradually get to this point, but whatever. Well, also, whatever. the thing is that like Santana rises on her own in this season and, and season two as well, obviously. But season three is where I think the writers knew Santana Lopez is a main character, like Almost, obviously not as much. They would never give anybody as much of that kind of status as Rachel Berry, but uh, they realized how much the fans were connecting with Santana, and Santana, her story really just takes off in season three to the point where everyone is so, like, everybody watching is so attached to her. So to kind of link up these two characters at some point, it was it had to happen. Like, uh, Rachel's so busy with Finn and all this kind of stuff and uh, never kind of swung back around to this other character that is now becoming, you know, so much more pre- uh, prevalent. So, you know, eventually they got them together here uh they got them to perform together as well of course and uh, as we get into season four and five uh we're gonna see how that relationship you know continues to play out so there's that all right so here we go it's the big day carmen thibodeau has arrived at um at the school to give uh the auditions kurt is auditioning today as well um and rachel and kurt have been going back and forth about what they're well Kurtz more so has been going back and forth about what it was that he wanted to do. Um, he ultimately decides that he's going to forgo the advice that Rachel has given him with doing with the Phantom of the Opera shit and then just going for going for the gold and putting on this really good performance of uh, I Am Not the Boy Next Door, which Rachel was very, very scared to watch him do. She's like, I don't, I mean, we didn't talk about this, but it looked like Carmen Tibuda was actually pretty, uh, pretty keen to uh, see more from Kurt after that performance. Now here comes Rachel. What song is she going to sing? She's going to sing some Barbara. Of course she's going to sing some Barbara because it's in her wheelhouse. It's what she knows. It's Don't Win On My Parade. It's the same song she's been singing backwards and forwards her entire life. She gets up on that stage. She sings the first two stanzas, then fucks up the third. She's like, you know what? I'm so sorry. Can I please start again? They start again. She can't even get past the first stanza without fucking up the words. She asks one more time, can we start again? Carmen says no. Rachel says, excuse me. Carmen says, you get 16 bars. That's it. Do you know what happens on Broadway when you forget the words? They replace you with your understudy. I'm so sorry, Rachel, but that's it for today. Rachel's like, wait, no, please. I know this. Fo- I know the song. I know the song. Wait, please. No, please. <laughs> Carmen leaves in quite a hurry, actually. Don't tell me not to live, just sit and putter. Life's candy in the sun's a butter of butter. Don't bring around a something or something parade. 
How do you do that, Rachel? How? 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 She's done so many performances in her life. Uh, she's been doing this. She's been getting ready for this moment since she was a child. And you're going to tell me all of a sudden she forgets the words to don't rain on my parade? Uh, it's just a total choke. A total, a total choke. choke. Um, I mean, I've been there. I've definitely been there before because uh, sometimes your brain just over just overanalyzes everything and just... Uh, it, and it just, you just you just choke mm-hmm. you just choke yeah no i mean for sure I, everybody's had those moments in life where i don't know whether the pressure is on or whatever it is and you just freeze up and you can't literally like your brain doesn't move your body doesn't move um so it's unfortunate that rachel's having this moment here um but as far as the character goes i'm pretty sure i said this at the time that we talked about it or if not this is how i feel about it of just like this is, I think, a good direction to go because you all expect, we all expected Rachel was, obviously she's going to get in, like, you know, this character is going to have success, uh, this character is going to make it, but, and that's not necessarily not true. Obviously, by the end of the season, we see that things are going to be just fine for her, uh, but to get there, you know, these final couple of, couple of episodes, they keep you on the hook of, wait a second, she's not making it. She's not getting there. What is she going to do? Like she choked at her audition. She did. She and, and Carmen Thibodeau, Whoopi Goldberg is out here saying, no, no, no more chances. I mean, I already gave you a second chance by allowing you to continue and trying again when you already messed up the first time. Uh, so Rachel, you know, when she gets to go again and she chokes again after all, like you said, after she had just given Kurt this advice and Kurt doesn't follow it and Kurt goes ahead and does a much better performance. It's like, man, uh, what? A moment there and by the end of the episode we see her singing cry where she's just breaking down through all the grief that she has built up uh she cannot believe how badly she just messed up uh and kurt even tries to check in on her she just she doesn't want to talk about it she doesn't she doesn't know what to do uh which continues on into the prom episode she is taking it so hard how badly she choked and she's trying to focus on other things uh other dreams of hers the wedding is still in her you know in her sights nationals is coming up prom is still coming up it's the end of senior year There's still things to look forward to, but Niata was her goal, was her future. She had it on the dream board. She was ready to go. And then she messed up. So, you know, now that that is uh, kind of in the back of her mind, she's going to be thinking about that pretty badly over the next, you know, two episodes until things are going to, you know, kind of get fixed with uh, thanks to Tina. But we'll get there. Um, But first, we got to go to prom. Well, we don't got to go to prom. She's not trying to go. She's throwing a pity party. True. (laughs) Somebody's got to go to prom. She is throwing a pity party. She's sitting in the auditorium singing Big Girls Don't Cry with Kurt and Blaine. It's the most random performance of all time. Um, And she's just... She's just feeling bad for herself. And so she decides, you know what? I'm going to throw an anti-prom. She tries to get some of the other Glee kids interested in it. Santana puts her in her place as she should. It's like, girl, you fucked up your audition. That does not mean that we all have to come to some random sleazy motel, probably the same motel that we all had sex with to Madonna in. Like, no, it's just not happening. So you can go and do that. I'm going to go to prom with my girlfriend. But Puck and Becky do end up deciding to go. Um, Finn... On top of all of this, Finn has agreed to go to prom with Quinn because after Quinn asked, you know, because Quinn's trying to get some of the sympathy votes to get her, get her prom queen thing going on. And Rachel's kind of upset with, with Finn for saying yes, but Finn's like, no, girl, like, stop, Rachel. You're being really, really selfish. Like, she's in a freaking wheelchair, for goodness sake. Like, just let me take her to prom. Um, so, yeah, so she goes to this anti-prom where there's really nothing planned. Oops. <laughs> there's really nothing planned. She's just there with them. Um, telling Becky to like use her inside voice, um, but some stuff is going to actually go down at the prom that's going to prompt Finn to come and get Rachel at the anti prom and convince her to actually go to real prom. 
Um, so Kurt, Blaine, and Finn and Rachel do end up leaving B- uh, Puck and Becky alone, and they decide to go to prom after all. After all, Rachel did bring her dress to the anti-prom just to play dress up with, I guess, but ended up going to the actual prom. Yeah, I mean, she had the dress. She was going to show off uh, that she looked really good in it. But uh, when we get to prom, we're going to see Rachel meet up with Quinn in the hallway. Quinn had just had such a, you know, intense moment there in the bathroom with Finn where she was standing up at the sink. And, you know, that's what led Finn to being so pissed off and to storming over to get Rachel because he, you know, this is his senior year, his prom. He was he wanted to be there with uh, Rachel, the girl he's in love with and about to marry. But he was doing Quinn a favor. So, you know, we talked through all that in both of their podcasts. But uh, as far as Quinn goes, you know, now that she's going to end up going to prom, uh, she ends up finding Quinn in the hallway outside of prom and she apologizes for, um, you know, being angry with her for the fact that Finn and her were about to go to prom together. Uh, She tells Quinn how much she means to her and, you know, just genuinely how happy she is that they've become friends. Uh, She's like, I still see you how I did when we first met of like, you're the pretty popular girl who has it all. Um, but, you know, as time has gone on, she's really gotten to know Quinn a lot better. And uh, I don't know. I think I'm, I'm realizing I don't know if I'm realizing it now for the first time. But like season three really does highlight a lot of Rachel and Quinn um, and, and how this friendship, you know, how much it means to both of them and uh, just where they both were at at the beginning and where they are at now, where, like Rachel said, uh, I have seen you as, you know, the HBIC around school forever. Um, but I realize that there's a lot more to you and I'm just happy that you've allowed me, you know, the space to like move in as a friend here to, to spend more time with you, to get to know you better, to, you know, have you in my life as well. So it's a nice moment there. Uh, and it ends up being, you know, such a touching moment on Quinn's behalf, uh, that when Santana and Quinn go to count the votes for prom queen, uh, Quinn ends up winning by one vote. Because, of course, we saw Rachel and Quinn have that connection. And uh, it's very heavily implied that that one vote is uh, the one of Rachel Berry. So uh, ultimately, though, Uh, after what? No, nothing. Continue. Are you going to fight that again? I don't think that that was up for debate. Continue. Okay. I genuinely don't understand how that would be up for debate. Like Rachel voted for Quinn and she won by one vote, but whatever. Uh, The girls end up putting together this plan to get Rachel the crown because Santana realizes that Brittany is not going to be the prom king. Uh, Quinn is like, you know, I wanted to be prom queen for this whole time and it really isn't actually making me feel any different at all. Uh, Why don't we give back? You know, both of us had a great in high school. So why don't we give back to Rachel who did not have it great for all these years uh, as much as we did. And let's make her the prom queen so she can have the, you know, step up on the stage along alongside Finn as prom king. So, you know, they slow dance. They uh, Santana and Quinn are going to sing Take My Breath Away. And uh, Rachel had a pretty awful week and still not everything is perfect. You know, she's still got Niata in the back of her mind. But, you know, getting to dance at prom, prom king and queen alongside Finn uh, is a relatively storybook uh, moment for the two of them. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, I mean, it's gift gifted to her, unbeknownst to her. But I mean, it's, it's nice for her personal growth and confidence that she's able to have this moment when she didn't think that she'd have it. Um, I don't necessarily think that she deserved it after the, the temper tantrum that she was pretty much throwing. I mean, she wasn't even there for half the prom. Um, you didn't, you wasn't with us in these prom streets, Rachel, but you know what? Fine. You know, I, I think that ultimately what they were trying to do was just show her a little bit of love because I mean, she's having such a horrible, horrible time um, with this whole Niata mess and it just wasn't just wasn't the tea mm-hmm. um, and you know what this newfound confidence that she's gotten from winning prom queen is going to make her try harder than ever to 
yet another shot at Niata. So she has called and emailed and left voice messages for Carmen Thibodeau like over a dozen times. Um, and when it's revealed that she's going to get the solo at Nationals, this is going to end up pissing Tina off at the most inconvenient time. She's willing to pay Tina $50 to make this all go away until after Nationals. She's like, do you understand how hard it is to be me? I have all of these clubs that I'm involved in. I keep my boyfriend interested. I also maintain a 3.6 GPA. Like, you will get your time next year. But right now, I need this time. And so this is also the episode where Tina is going to envision herself as Rachel and Rachel as Tina. And she's going to tell, she's going to tell herself as Rachel that she needs to stand up a bit more for herself and also that she doesn't need to be as in the background as she thinks that she does, which is ultimately going to help Tina discover for herself that she should be nicer to Rachel. And also, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and help Rachel with her problem. So Tina offers to drive Rachel all the way over to some other college in Ohio where Carmen um, is, I think, doing a workshop. I don't think it's, um, I don't think it's auditions. Yeah. Um, and... Rachel is going to have one more time to meet with Carmen face to face in which she does. And she's like, look, Carmen, like I, well, she didn't say Carmen. She said, I was going to say, imagine if um, she actually said Carmen, like, Hey, Carmen, girl, (laughs) girl, Carmen, like (laughs) it's been like, you know how many times I fucking drove down here anyway. Um, but yeah, she, she's like, I, I want this so bad. And yes, I had one bad day, but I am more determined to, to get into the school and to show you that I am not someone that uh, that you will regret putting in the school. And Tina even helps her out here. She's like, look, I understand that Rachel's a pain in the ass. I know that she left you all those voice messages, but it's because she's good. It's because she gives a damn. It's because she's determined. It's just because she has the guts to do all of this. Um, and Carmen doesn't really give an answer. She just like she just says, tells for, uh, tells them to leave. But we can see that it has left some sort of impression on her. So mm-hmm. Rachel's still at it. Yeah, um, it's nice to see Rachel and Tina get an episode together after three seasons. Now we've had plenty of episodes, not plenty, honestly, but like we've had episodes highlighting Rachel and Mercedes, Rachel and Kurt, Rachel and uh, Puck. How many Rachel and Pucks? Like Rachel and um, I I guess uh, truly like Artie and Tina are the only ones that have never had like a significant story with Rachel and Artie's isn't even going to come for two more seasons. Uh, But Tina gets this episode here uh, after, again, these were the original six members uh, that that, you know, they all came together at the beginning, but they've all kind of gone off in their separate ways as Tina and Artie certainly kind of fade into the background a lot throughout uh, the early parts of the show. And yeah, so when Tina kind of has this uh, very fun episode with uh, everything in props, um, the underlying story of it all is when Tina, like you said, is going to uh, help Rachel get what she wants. So it's nice um, that, you know, Rachel has a lot more hope going to, uh, you know, going forward than she had before because she did stand up for herself and she did make the one last ditch effort. What else could she have done at this point? Like if she's not going to make it in, she's not going to make it in, but at least she gave it one last big push with a good friend by her side to like support her and stand up for her without her having to really say for herself so um tina and rachel get to sing together they get on the bus to nationals and it's time to go to nationals we're going to get there this where's nationals this time chicago right um yes right uh yeah it's uh, new york then chicago then la for the nationals um so nationals in chicago rachel's actually going to run into jesse because it's the end of a season which means this is when jesse shows up uh so jesse is actually here outside of uh, the nationals building uh he tries to get in her head because he's been coaching vocal adrenaline you know unique and the whole vocal adrenaline crew and uh, his, you know, he's very worried because if Vocal Adrenaline doesn't win this year, uh, his job 
could be very much on the line. And uh, Rachel sees that he's super nervous, and uh, that's why he's acting the way he is towards her. Um, but it's fine. Uh, Finn and Rachel backstage are getting ready. They're uh, still planning for the wedding. Obviously, they still want it to be very soon, so they're getting ready for that. Um, but Rachel's focused here. She's not worried about Jesse. Uh, the wedding is on her mind, but not as much. Niada's on her mind uh, a little bit more today because she's hoping that Carmen is going to show up for this performance, uh, Miss Thibodeau. Uh, so she gets on stage. She has a solo here in the national set list. Uh, that's how good this must be, uh, what, what's about to come out of her mouth. Uh, so she gets on stage. It's all coming back to me now. Uh, and she's going to shut the whole place down here with a killer performance. Carmen Thibodeau does show up and does watch the performance, which Rachel notices, uh, absolutely notices Carmen in her seat there. And she has a big smile on her face as she is killing it with this song in, you know, in a way that she, even if she didn't choke on Don't Rain On My Parade, you know, she's done it before. The magic of Don't Rain On My Parade is kind of like fizzled out with how many times she's done it. Uh, not fizzled out, like I'm not saying that uh, like as a viewer or anything like that, but just like the way that she comes into this one super fresh with it's all coming back to me now and she she does so great with it. And then Paradise by the Dashboard Light as well. Uh, obviously, that's a lot of fun with the entire club, but it does kind of feature Finn and Rachel, uh, you know, in a way. So they do an incredible job. Obviously, they go on and win nationals they go back to the school everybody celebrates they're so happy they're so excited finn and rachel even get to present will his teacher of the year award which is a nice touching moment uh for both of these characters that have been on such a long journey with will schuster since the beginning i feel like we haven't talked a lot much uh well hello i feel like we haven't talked much about rachel and will uh since i don't know what season one but i mean you know She's got a lot going on in her own world and Will's storylines tend to kind of bounce back and forth between like uh, with Emma stuff or Finn stuff or whatever. Obviously a lot of Sue. So, uh, you know, there, there, there's always the connection there. So when she gets to present that award to him, it's a nice big moment. But uh, that's Nationals. They, they get the big win. And luckily for her, Carmen was there to watch. Yeah, um, really lucky. Uh, and I mean, he had she had uh even jesse there to back her up and like tell carmen all the good things about her so yeah um yeah uh she rachel does it again right she just she does it again so rachel Barry. Good for her. but it's time to say goodbye it's time to say goodbye at the end of senior year we're not saying goodbye i mean rachel literally is the one character we are not saying goodbye to at any point in the show um but we got to say goodbye because that's the name of the episode it's time for all the seniors to graduate and everybody is very very emotional very emotional very very emotional it's um um it's uh the end of an era right i mean they've done what they planned out to do um since their sophomore year um so Finn and Rachel are finally going to get married as well uh after graduation before they go out to New York but uh, they still need to make sure that they're actually going to get into New York and they actually have places to go once they get to New York so Rachel does end up getting the letter she does end up getting in Finn does not get into Pace Kurt does not get into Niada they're all very happy for her but it's really just Rachel that has some place to go once New York hits, which is going to change everything for Finn. So as they are driving to the wedding, they end up at the train station <laughs> and Finn is like, all right, girl. So thanks for hopping in my Uber. I'll see you <laughs> when I see you. Um, just add an 18% and, tip and uh, we will uh, get you your bags when you yeah, arrive don't at your, your destination. Mask, all that stuff. 
And Rachel was just like, are you breaking up with me? And he's like, ma'am, I'm your Uber driver. I don't know. It's like, look, I need to let you I need to let you go. You're going to go to New York. You're going to be the girl that you're destined to be. And I'm going to figure out what I need to do. But I, it's I, it's I can't I can't be there for you. I can't do this with you. And if I really, really loved you, then I have to make sure that you can go out there and do what it is that you need to do without you worrying about me. And Rachel, of course, is very, very upset because this is all a very big blindside that's orchestrated by not only Finn, but her dad's as well. Everybody is there to wish her well. Uh, even Miss Pillsbury and Mr. Shu are there. So everybody was in on this. No one was going to let the two of them get married. It just wasn't going to happen. So she gets out, and she sees everybody there, and she's singing Roots for Four Branches, which has really grown on me. I used to hate it as um as a teenager, but I really like it now. Um, and uh, they send her on her married away to, to New York. And she's mm-hmm. all alone for the first time in a while. Yeah, what a big ending here. Um, it's I, I don't know what I ever would have predicted for the end of Rachel's story of, you know, where she's going to finish off her senior year before she adds, heads off to the next stage of her life. Obviously, a huge reset comes when we get to season four and we do move on to follow only a few characters uh, from the seniors that, you know, graduated uh, into their next stage of life, um, you know, with college or with whatever's next for them. But as we close the book on, you know, McKinley, it's like, you know, it's barely, it's not about McKinley here. Like nobody cares about Rachel's senior year. Like, Oh, congratulations. You graduated. Yada, yada, yada. Um, and it's not even like they, they make it such a small kind of moment. Not, eh, not small, but they make it, you know, it's when she opens up the letter and Kurt and Finn don't get in, it's way more about Kurt and Finn than it is about Rachel. Because again, you expected that Rachel was going to get in at some point that she was going to find the success that she, you know, whether you want to say deserves or just, you know, her natural talent and everything would lead you to believe that that is going to come for her in one way or another somehow. So she does end up getting that success with her letter there. But then, you know, we have the cliffhangers of what are Finn and Kurt going to do? Okay, we'll figure that out. Um, But then it's like, okay, well, at least her and Finn are going to get married. I mean, that's the one thing, you know, that's that should make everybody happy. We all have a wedding to look forward to here that we've been talking about it for half of the season now. It couldn't happen earlier. Quinn got into her accident but now we're going to do it. And then Finn gets in the car. They drive off to the train station and Rachel literally goes into a panic attack there. It's like, it's, you know, um, and I, I'm not, I'm never one. I'm not joking at all. Like I, I don't joke about panic attacks. So she gets into that car and she is just, you know, she doesn't know what to do, what to say, how to react. She's just looking over at Finn, who is, you know, what, two feet away from her in the driver's seat. And she's like, what are you, t- what are you talking about? What are you saying? Like, you're, you're breaking up with me. This is all over. Like my life is over. I got into, what does Niata even mean if I don't have you? Like she, she's, she's panicking. Um, and when Finn tries to, you know, kind of talk it all out to her, you see it in her face of just like, she didn't ask for this. Like she didn't at like, yeah, she wants to go to New York. Yeah. She knows that maybe this isn't the worst idea of just getting her there because, uh, if Finn's not going to go, like maybe she was going to end up wanting to stay back to be with him. Uh, and she knows that she should go and he knows that she should go, but the way that it all just happens so fast. And when we get to season four, the resentment that she's going to feel towards him because of this, because of the fact that he just made this decision without even consulting her, her dad's made this decision without consulting her. She just gets so blindsided here uh getting on the train and all of her friends are there to say goodbye it's like what option does she have to turn around and be like no i don't want to go like of course that if she really didn't want to go like she could have done that but uh it just all lines up in such a way where uh you know it's all all said and done here she is 
on the fast track to New York. Uh, she always envisioned this would be the case. Um, but when it actually happened and it didn't happen in the picture perfect way that she was hoping, you know, with her man by her side and, you know, even her best friend, uh, she's just totally, you know, shaken up. So she gets on the train, she sings that song, which I, uh, I never disliked. I just, uh, kind of forgot about, but when I remembered about it, I liked it a lot. So, uh, hope to not see that one today. But yeah, she uh, makes her way to New York, singing that song, making her way through the busy streets as, uh, you know, the first era of the show bleeds into the next. And it's time to see what's next for Rachel Berry. It is time indeed to see what is next. So, yeah, lots of big stuff in uh, season three. It's, uh, it's It almost feels a little bit like less of um than maybe we talked about in season two i don't know uh you know exact runtime whatever but uh like season two it's still rachel 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 and now in season three where they introduce so many other characters getting main storylines um there's yeah, like there's a bunch of santana there's a bunch of there's like rory in there all over the place and some quinn content and there's like a lot there's lots of stuff going on in season three season three seems to me to be like the most like well round is not the word but it seems the most high school drama out of all mm-hmm. of the the first three seasons because we get to see much more of the other students as opposed to just focusing on one or two. Yeah, and I think the debate between seasons two and three comes down to like season two is more fun, but season three has higher stakes. And it's like, which one are you looking for in mm-hmm. your glee watching? So uh, season two has so much, so much fun stuff in there uh, with like, I don't know, there's so much going on. Um, but if you want the stakes of like, like genuinely like these kids, like next stages of their lives are, you know, uh, being discussed here uh, with some pretty, you know, tense situations with Quinn and with that, with everything happening here, um, you know, the group splitting up. It's like, yeah, that's what season three is for. So yeah, season three, Rachel Berry, that's it. That's the story. Uh, any final thoughts or comments from you before we get into her songs? No, no, no. No, 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 no. Nope. All right. Uh, plenty more to come when we get to seasons four, five, and six. Are we are we sick of talking about Rachel yet? I feel like I'm not sick of it because I, I want to do no, this. I feel like I'm... it's been going by faster than I expected. Yeah. Like, like I, I want to do this because I want to talk through her whole story, but it is crazy. Like six podcasts on this person. Wow. 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 Okay. Uh, let's not make it any longer than they need to be. Uh, let's move on into the next set of Rachel Berry's songs. Uh, we've already gone through, I don't know how many we've gone through, but we have done this uh, two different times already. So we're getting started here with song number 69. Ha ha ha. Oh, no, wait. That's not true. Song number 70. But we'll get to song 69. <laughs> uh, song number 70 through song number 51. So that's the next 20 songs that are about to come on up here. So let's get on into it with song 70. I wish I could run away from this ship going under. Just trying to help hurt everyone else. Now I feel the weight of the world is on my shoulders What can you do when your good isn't good enough And all that you touch tumbles down Cause my best intentions keep making a mess of things I just wanna feel Oh, how many times will it take for me 
Alright, so yeah, I wish we were able to get to this one in uh, the last part when we were talking about Season 2, but this is Get It Right, comes from Season 2 Regionals. Um, I do enjoy this. I do think that she sounds good on it, and I kind of, maybe, I think it's maybe nostalgia that I like this song, because just when the song came out, it was on the album, it was just part of the rotation of songs that I feel like I played often from Glee, Um, but, you know, it is what it is down here at number 70, kicking off today's countdown. Pro. I'm fine with 70 for this. I mean, it's a cute song. It's a cute girl. It's an it's ugly no, outfit, you though. Know, it's no, it's all coming back to me now, right? Like, it's, uh, you know, when you compare against a lot of the other things she's done, uh, you can understand why it would be lower. But again, I do like it. Right. So, there we go. Oh, my God. Amon's already falling asleep, and we're only on the first song of the day. All right. That was song number 70. Get it right. And uh, let's bounce to season four for the next two songs. Here is song number <laughs> 69. You drinking on the tables. Rolling dice or staying out till three. You won't ever find him be unfaithful. You will find him, you'll find him next to me. You won't find him trying to chase the devil For money, fame, for power, out of greed You won't ever find him where the rest go You will find him, you'll find him next to me Next to me Right, next to me, Shelby is back next to Rachel for uh, a quick visit there in season four as Rachel's getting ready for her big audition. And yeah, uh, definitely not the most expected song choice, but I mean, obviously they sound good together. So I don't know, just kind of not memorable. Yeah, no, I, um, this song I think was popular at the time and they just tossed it in there. I like this cover. Um Definitely pales in comparison to their other one, but no, I mean, I think it's a cute song, but no, I, I think this is appropriate placement as well. I, I, don't, I don't necessarily come back to it a lot. Yeah, we're like far from the bottom of the list where it was like, okay, this stuff is like, yeah. if it's not good or if it's just like super not memorable, this is all the like perfectly good. Like it's, it's good, um, but it's just not going to be in the top tier. So I think that also makes sense to me as far as this one's placement. Uh, season four, episode 19, Shelby Corcoran. Rachel Berry next to me. Uh, let's move on to number 68. Like I said, also season four.
I think a change, a change would do you good. I love these two together, as I've uh, been on record about. I think they sound great together, Rachel and Brody. So season four, episode three, a change would do you good. It's time for maybe a little bit of a makeover. Uh, Number 68. Yeah, I... Used to sort of skip this one, but I've grown to like it a lot more with these two. Um, so I approve this 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 placement. The audience I think said, it change. The audience said ninety six. Yeah, I think that may be a little too harsh. Um, yeah, we said sixty eight. Yeah, I think sixty eight's fine as far as duets go. You know. Yeah. I uh, I don't want to see any Rachel and Brody songs down at the bottom. I think all four of them are good enough where they should be at least uh, in this podcast or higher. And that's where they are. So, huh. all right. Change would do you good at number 68. Let's move on to number 67. Flashback on nights almost left behind Suitcase memories time after Sometimes you picture me I'm walking too far ahead You're calling to me I can't hear what you've said Then you This is uh, an Amon favorite. Uh, how do you feel about its placing here at number 67 for Rachel and Sam singing Time After Time? Season six-itis. I get it. But I appreciate this cover. I think uh, Cord and her sound great together. And I'll take this one on the lower end in um, in terms of the other duet that they have. Well, they've got, what, three? Four. Three. What three. do you mean? Oh, in season six? Like, uh, of all time. But I guess the other oh, would Sam all be in season duet. six. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That sounds right. I'm having a brain fart. I can't think of the other one. What's the other one? No, you could just say it. It's um, time after time. They did. Uh, we already got to a thousand never miles. Love again. Ah, yes, yes, yes. How could I forget? Um, okay. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that, uh, as far as those three songs go, this order makes sense. Um, but yeah, time after time comes in at number 67, Rachel and Sam in season six as, uh, in the transitioning episode, as they're having this goodbye party to Rachel's house. So it's nice, it's cute, it's sweet, simple, and it lands at number 67. Let's move on to number 66, which is a little bit more happening here, a little bit more excitement. Uh, some more people involved in this number. We're uh, bouncing to season three for uh, song 66. This was never the way I planned, not my intention. I got so brave, drink in hand, lost my discretion. It's not
love, 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 love all the Glee girls together for this number. Even if it's like, I don't know, just as time goes on, like I kissed a girl. Is this like one of the most iconic Glee performances? Maybe not, but I just, I'm always going to love it because it's all them together. And you end up with uh, Santana and Rachel kind of leading the way vocally here. So it lands at number 66. Yeah. Um, I still think of this more of like, as like a Santana song and not so much Rachel. I mean, I, clearly she's singing right then and there, but like, um, yeah, I mean, it's a good performance. I just don't really care for Rachel here. So I probably would have placed it lower on a Rachel scale. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the, uh, well, I don't remember where it landed on the uh, scale of like seven, eight people performances, but I can take a look. Um, it landed third, number three out of 11, right below Bad Romance and The Scientist. Yeah. Eh. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that is I Kissed a Girl coming in at number 66. Uh, here's a number 65. It's from season five. I love this. So um, <laughs> we'll talk about it. I uh, Here we go. 65. So if you guys know this one, I'm sorry that you have to uh, be listening to the podcast version and, you know, you're not watching along with it. But this is Loveful from opening night in season five. And Rachel's out here just losing her mind, uh, imagining this weird setup where Becky Jackson is yelling at her and Sue and Karofsky and Tina and Blaine and Kurt and Santana and Sam are all in their season two attire. And it's just so ridiculous, but so much fun. I hate this song. (laughs) I do you hate, hate the whole thing or do you just hate the song? I hate the song. I hate the original song and I hate this cover. I'm so sorry, guys. I just, every time the song gets comes on, I get annoyed. <laughs> I don't know what it is about the melody of it. I just don't like it. I think that it's done very well here in the show and everything. And I, I like how it's shot, but I just hate this song. Okay, I have no attachment to the song. Uh, my attachment is to the scene, so it kind of all comes together for me. Um, so I won't, uh, <laughs> I won't praise the song if uh, if we're not a big fan of it. But it's uh, it's a lot of fun here with uh, the way, like you said, the way that this is all shot and everything that they do with the characters. I don't know, just a big fan of all that stuff. So lands at number sixty five overall. Um, oh, I forgot. Time after time. Uh, came in at the exact same spot as the audience's side of things. So feels worth noting. Um, but that was at number 67. That's 66 was I Kissed a Girl. 65 is this one, Love Fool. And uh, let's move on. Maybe we'll find a song that Amon likes better. Actually, it's not a song that Amon likes better. Uh, he doesn't like this one. Here's number 64. And all that jazz, I'm on a rouge, my knees and roll my stockings down. 
Jazz, as Cassie's given Rachel a bit of a, uh, a show. Actually, this is not what I thought it was. I apologize. I don't know if you like the song or not. I thought this was later in the season. All that jazz. All that jazz. No, this is fun. Um, the choreography that they got going on is really cool, too. Um, Kate Hudson really shows off her chops here. I think it's a pretty um, pretty solid performance in terms of, uh, of Rachel. So, But definitely not like her best. So I think this is fine. Okay. Yeah, no, this is definitely uh, fits the the mold here of, uh, yeah, it's good, but it's uh, right in the middle. So I think it makes sense here. Number 64, Cassie, Rachel, all that jazz. Uh, Let's move on to another season four song at number 63. I know you're weary. I know your plans don't include me. Still here we are Both of us lonely Longing for shelter From all that we see Why should we worry? No one will care, girl Look at the stars now All right, uh, that's We've Got Tonight, which uh, we talked about on Finn's podcast, and I feel like you weren't the most uh, impressed by. You were, uh, I don't know if that sounds correct, but um, I think this uh, this song just kind of comes after that scene with Rachel and Finn at the wedding, which is, you know, uh, unfortunately the last in-person scene, you know, this whole episode, the last time that they have together, of like a real significance, uh, you know, kind of thing happening on the show. Uh, so We've Got Tonight comes in from the wedding at uh, number 63. Yeah, not really my my thing, <laughs> but I mean I think they sound great. <laughs> um, uh, but it's just uh, you know like I usually don't typically use the thing of like oh I don't like slow songs as like an excuse to not like songs, but for this one that's my excuse. I don't know what it is. It's just like not my thing. <laughs> I mean I I definitely don't like slow songs, but uh, this one I actually do kind of like. So I don't know. I can't explain it cannot explain uh but yeah 63 we've got tonight from will and emma's well it's not really from the wedding they didn't really have a wedding they almost had a wedding but then they didn't have a wedding at least not this night um so yeah we've got tonight finn and rachel moving on to another duet this one is from season three 
witch. Oella, the wicked witch. Oh. Ding dong, the wicked witch is dead. Oh, happy day. Wake up, you sleepy head. Rub your eyes. Get out of that bed. Wake up, the wicked witch is dead. What's so funny over there, Ding Dong? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Nothing. Um, I love this song, and I'm pissed off that it's down this... Well, actually, no, I'm not that pissed off that it's down this low. This is fine placement. I need to stop being pissed off when my faves don't get to the top, because this doesn't need to be in the top. Um, <laughs> no, I like this song a lot. Uh, this is definitely one of my favorite performances. Is it, like, top tier, Rachel? No, but I love this song. <laughs> the audience said 83, and overall we said 62. Yeah, that that's fine. That's more than fine. Okay. Ding dong, the witch is dead. We go. Ranch. She uh she sounds like April Rhodes there in that, that part, like a little oh, Wow, the wicked witch. Wicked witch. Um all right, yeah. I uh don't think I can top what you had to say about it. I like it just fine. So fits right in of today's theme. Uh, Ding Dong, The Witch is Dead with Kurt from the premiere of season three, which is so fitting because we talked about it today. What do you what do you know? All right, let's move on to number 61. Let's get into a solo from season four. I thought I saw a man brought to life. He was warm. He came around like he was dignified. He showed me what it was to cry. Well, you couldn't be the man I adored. You don't seem to know, seem to care what your heart is for Well, I don't know him anymore There's nothing where he used to lie The conversation has run dry That's what's going on Now it's fine, I'm torn I'm all out of faith This is how I feel I'm cold and I am shamed Lying naked on the floor All right, so Rachel Berry, actually, this isn't a solo. This is a duet of Rachel Berry and Rachel Berry. Ha <laughs> ha. No, but she actually is. It's uh, She's singing Torn. She's torn on if she should do the topless scene in this student film that's been proposed to her. Uh, so she gets to sing this song. And I think she sounds great on it. Um, I don't, I don't, you know, it's a little corny, but the way that they do this tactic of having the two different Rachels singing to each other, um, you know, I, uh, I think it's worth a shot. And I think it ended up, uh, they executed it pretty well. And I like this cover. I probably would have put this a little bit higher, personally. Yeah, I, uh... I, 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 I've come around on this because it really wasn't really my cup of tea in the beginning, but um, it's, it's, I mean, it's cute, you know, it's, it's cute. I'm all out of faith, this is how I feel, cold and I'm a jean, lying naked on the floor, illusion never changed, I don't know if I'm getting the words right, I'm already torn. It's a good song. Yeah, 
just not my cup of tea. Mm. The the melody of it all. all right, like I just I don't know. Witch. I'll sing the song. It's kind of like I okay. kind. It's kind of like in the same vein as Love Fool to me. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. How how uh, like of just you not liking the song very much? Oh uh, yeah. I just yeah. I just I don't know. It's just it's one of those songs that just doesn't. It just doesn't. It hasn't hit me. You know what I mean? Like you know, just there are just some songs that are just not for you. This one is just not for it me. It is. It's so impressive. We made it through over a year of this podcast with such different music taste. It's great. I mean, it's, hey, we like what we like. <laughs> All right, let's move into song number 60. Uh, about halfway done for today. Here's uh, number 60, season five. It's been a hard day's night, and I've been working like a dog. It's been a hard day's night. I should be sleeping like a log. So why on that should I moan? Because when I get you alone, you know I feel okay. When I'm home, everything seems to be All right. Hard Day's Night. Oh, I would have put this one higher as well. Um, but, I mean, I just love myself. A Rachel and Santana duet. They sound great together. Uh, but it lands here at number 60. So, I don't know. Top 60 out of 106 songs. I guess I'll take it. Uh, what do you think? Yeah. I'm surprised that it's up here. <laughs> but I think it's the Santana and Rachelness of it all. The audience had it at 46. Wow. And it ended up at 60 because, I guess, of Amon dragging it down. I'm surprised. I'm surprised because we'd be talking shit about these songs. <laughs> Not, I don't talk shit about Rachel and Santana duets. Well, Beatles, I mean. <laughs> yeah, but this is not one of the ones that I didn't like. And uh, whatever. Yeah. Number 60 overall audience. You said uh, 46. I think you're a lot closer to being uh, on, the, on, the ball, on the ball with this one, but it's fine. Um, so, all right. Uh, let's keep on moving to number 59. Oh, this is a good one. All right, well, it's at 59. Let's play it. Season two. Christmas. Um, I, I guess we finally got to a song that uh, can make you feel a little bit better. Yeah, everybody loves Wham, right? 
last Christmas, I gave you the bill the very next day. You skipped out on it. I don't know. <laughs> um, no, I love this song. I think this is a, a great Glee Christmas cover, and I'm glad that it's higher up on the list. And the very next day, you gave it away. Yeah, definitely like one of the top Christmas songs that is ever done on Glee. I think they both sound really good together here. Um, uh, Just a really nice little Rachel and Finn duet uh, from season two's Christmas episode. So there's Last Christmas at number 59. Let's move on to number 58. We're keeping it in season two. Oh, I'm on your favorite song. You may think that I'm a zero. All right, Loser Like Me from Season 2. I will turn to you first to do your uh, shitting on the song before I talk about it. I won't shit on the song. I just won't say anything at all. I feel like I was saying... No, I want you to give your analysis, even if... Give your opinion. How many times can I give my opinion about this song, though? Like, y'all know how I feel about it. Like, if I didn't have to rate it, I wouldn't. There's my opinion. (laughs) Fine. All right. Uh, uh, this one is, uh, I, yeah, I mean, everything that we've said, we've said a hundred times. It's, uh, that's just what we're, uh, where we're at in our Glee podcasting uh, I know, life here. I know, but like this song is just like, I mean, uh, see, I'm not, I'm not about to do it. I'm not about to rag on the song again. Just, just go. Just okay. Go. Loser Like Me, I think I've said this before and I, that's fine, uh, is definitely an anthem for the show. Uh, they worked really hard to, to make this such a big thing uh, when they went on concert. They, I don't know if they, oh, I don't think they opened with it or it was definitely like a bit at an important spot in their set list. Uh, this definitely did well on the charts. It was like, you know, the whole show, like this, this song takes me back to being a Gleek in 2010. Uh, like watching this, I feel like I'm back there, like for the first time, like just like, or for the first time, I don't, whatever. Uh, just watching the show again, like thinking about like what they were trying to portray with the message of the show of like, it's for the outcasts, it's for the freaks the geeks, the weirdos, the people that don't feel like they belong anywhere else besides with this group, with the Glee Club, with with the people that they find comfort in in the school. Um, and they're singing this song, you know, you want to be a loser like me, uh, as corny and cheesy as it is, and, you know, the original song of it all, uh, it ends up being a good performance. They all uh, do a pretty good job with it. Where does this come in on the audience's side of things? The audience had Loser Like Me at, uh, where is, all the way at number 14. Number 14. For the audience's side of things. And it lands overall at, uh, what are we at? <laughs> I lost it. Uh, at number 58. So um, Amon definitely getting his influence in on uh, on this one by probably giving it like a one out of five. But uh, Loser Like Me, I definitely uh, 
appreciate this for what it's worth and what it, you know, what it did at the time and uh, just all that kind of stuff. So that's what I have to say at number 58. I'm glad y'all like the song. Uh, okay, we'll move on. Yesterday, number 57. All my troubles seem so far away. Now it looks as though they're here to stay. Oh, I believe in yesterday. Suddenly, I'm not half the girl I used to be. There's a shadow hanging over me. Oh, yesterday came suddenly. Why? Okay, uh, so I might, I honestly am tempted to just go to the next song because this is uh, part of the Beatles era and I know Amon's probably got not much to say about it. So uh, yesterday comes in at song number 57. Want me to hit play in the next one? Let's just hit play. <laughs> All right. I think she sounds just great. She's pretty emotional, uh, feeling like she doesn't know what's happening here with uh if she's going to get the part or not. So just in case you need the context on yesterday from the season five premiere, that is it. And uh, we move on to, or move away from the Beatles on to uh, song number 56. Couldn't look you in the eye. You're just like an angel. Your skin makes me cry. Brody, Rachel, singing Creep, they're belting it out on the stage, running through the hallways of Niata, season four, episode 17, the last time we're going to see Brody uh, forever. Yeah, I love this song. I, um, not shocked that it's down here, because, you know, Rachel has a lot going on, but, uh, no, this is one of my favorite duets, definitely, definitely. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite renditions of uh, Creep, to be honest. So good. So good. We're basically like firmly at the middle, right? 106 songs. What's half of that? 53? Mm-hmm. 
So, uh, yeah, we're, we're essentially around the halfway part. So uh, halfway down the list for a lot of these songs is, again, nothing to sneeze at. So uh, I like this as well. I think it's pretty good. And this is actually this is the second and not the last time we're going to hear Rachel and Brody before we're done here today. So a uh, little teaser for you there. That was at number 56 is Creep. And uh, we got a solo coming up from season two at song number So here's what I did for love from the season two premiere. Uh, what did she do for love? She sent sunshine to a crack house for love. That's what she did for love. Um, but the song, the cover, the performance, I like it all. I love it all even. Um, and I definitely would have put this one a little bit higher. Um, but yeah, what I did for love comes in here at number 54 overall. So uh, thoughts. I'm sorry, 55. Um, yeah, I, I like this too. I'm surprised that it's not closer towards the top since it's one of the earlier ones probably one of the more iconic Risha Berry songs, um, even though I feel like it's so crazy that she's singing this, considering what she did in terms of the what story. for love. Um, but, you know, I, I like this one. You will absolutely catch me belting this one out in the car. So, uh, you know, bonus points for that from me, uh, from Rachel. Uh, you know, this this version of it, not the original. Who needs an original when there's a Glee cover of a song? Right. Um, yeah. Song number 55, What I Did for Love. I think she just sounds really, really good on it. It suits her very, very well. Um, and she's all, you know, sad little Rachel in the hallway because, oh, I can't believe what I did. <laughs> Is that what she was like? That's what she was like. Um, moving on to song number 54, we have uh, four more songs left in the day today, right? I believe four more songs. So uh, here we go with number Whenever 54. Whenever I see someone less fortunate than I, and let's face it, who isn't less fortunate than I, my tender heart tends to start to bleed. And when someone needs a makeover, I simply have to take over. I know, I know exactly what they need and even in your case though it's the toughest case i've yet to face don't worry i'm determined to succeed follow my lead and yes indeed you will be popular 
You're gonna be popular. I'll teach you the proper ploys when you talk to boys. Little ways to flirt and flounce. I'll show you what shoes to wear, how to fix your hair, everything that really counts to be popular. I'll help you be popular. You'll hang with the right cohorts. You'll be good at sports. Know the slang you've got to know. Popular, popular, uh, season six. Look at season six making its way towards the uh, almost to the top 50. Uh, Kurt and Rachel in the 2009 episode singing some popular lands at number 54. Yeah, it's the enchanting nature of Wicked. You get those Wicked points up in here. It'll bring you all the way up here. I think all like I think I don't think we've heard any of the Wicked songs up until now. So all of them are in the top or towards the top. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, no, this is uh, this is great. This is such a treat to see because there's so much defying gravity, defying gravity, defying gravity all throughout the beginning of the show with these two. And then we get to see where it really started. And it was with yes. this song. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, popular, a uh, very popular song uh, in uh, many different aspects of theater kid life, right? So uh, there it is at number 54. Uh, let's keep on moving to number 53. One uh, that was with Kurt. Here's Rachel with Blaine. I'm just a Broadway baby Walking off my tired feet Pounding 42nd Street To be in a show oh. Broadway baby Learning how to sing and dance Waiting for that one big chance To be in a show All right, Broadway Baby. It was uh, probably pretty similar on Blaine's list as well, kind of like middle-ish of the list. So uh, number 53, I feel like it could have done a lot worse. Yeah, 53, yeah, I feel like this is okay. Like, I don't think that this is like top-tier Rachel Berry. I mean, it's great. It's a great performance, and Blaine being here certainly helps, well, at least to us, not to Carmen Thibodeau. But I think this is fine. I think this is fine. Good. I think this is an appropriate spot for it to be. See. You know what just happens? Like when you and I actually agree on a song, it ends up giving it a boost. So you and I both like this song, and there it goes uh, from the audience having it at 71 or 72 to uh, ending up at number 53 because we actually both agree on liking a song. It's so crazy when that happens. Oh, wow. The world is shaking. It is. It is. It is. So that is uh, Broadway Baby. 53. We got two more songs. Two more songs. Here is number 52. Don't want, we don't want our hearts to break into, so it's better to be fair. 
All right, so I mean, I'm, I'll, I'll save everybody the, the spiel. Obviously, one of my favorite songs. Um, but I think even with that being the case of like this being one song that I go up for every time, like I feel like I might have just heard Rachel in the background of that part of the song for the first time, maybe ever. I just I always pay attention to Brody. I always pay. I'm so wrapped up in the song, but we're here listening for Rachel, and I was about to be like, oh yeah, you know, this isn't really a Rachel song, but it is technically it's a duet with her and Brody, so here it is. Um, but she is still kind of like lingering around towards the end of the song there, and uh, I'm, I'm just now noticing. Yeah, give her her just due. What which Rachel Erasure is this? Wow, this is a Brody song. I uh I I like this one. I like the way that it's shot. I don't really consider it that much of a Rachel song either. I mean, she's definitely there though. I mean, she has her moments in it. Um, so I'm kind of shocked that it's this high because I wouldn't consider this Rachel, but. Sure. Well, it's it's this high because I mean, at least for me, <laughs> I'm never giving this song anything lower than top marks. So, uh, you know, it's getting the boost from me, and I think in general people like it as well. So, you know, it's just you see yeah, the name of the song, Rachel, boost me, it up. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's fine here at number fifty-two for Rachel. Uh, for Brody, I'm pretty sure it was his number one song. I can't say that confidently, but I think it was. Um, I don't remember. Uh, no, that could, I don't, whatever. Uh, who cares? Um, but definitely doesn't need to be at the top of Rachel's list by any means. Just got to throw in my love for it there. So 52, How to Be a Heartbreaker from season four, episode 16. And the final song of the day, the final song on the Rachel Berry countdown for today, uh, song number 51. The dramatics of Rachel Berry closing out the day. Uh, nothing more fitting of Rachel in season one. Uh, she wants to give Finn hell. And she'll never stop <laughs> from that day forward. <laughs> um, when you yeah. hear this song and you sing along, will you never tell? Classic Glee song. Fool, I'm just Classic well Rachel song. We're definitely beginning to enter the era of this chick right here in this top 50. 
I'm excited. When you hear this song, I hope that it will give you help. Everybody loved this song. Who is this again? This is a uh, All American Rejects. Who is this? Um, I want to say that is correct, but I will tend to get those. You know, uh, yeah, no, it's All American Rejects. I- I'll confuse all those different groups from being, you know, that time. Yeah, I gotcha. Gives You Hell. Great song, great cover that they did on Glee. Definitely got my downloads, got my plays back in the day. Maybe not as much anymore, but uh, still appreciate it a lot. So I'm happy to see it make its way right outside the top 50. Lands at number 51 overall. So uh, we will get into the top 50, uh, all of the top 50 in the next podcast. What do you say? Yeah, let's do it. Or maybe just a couple more. Okay, so uh, that is that's the next twenty songs up on this list. Uh, I think we're gonna do uh, the next twenty in the next one, followed by the next fifteen and the top fifteen. So we're really getting to it. There's really no no bad songs left. I feel I can say. I hope not. I think I got most of them out so far, but we'll see. I mean, sure, there's gonna be songs coming up that maybe you or I are like not like you know standing, but. Uh, objectively, I feel like there can't be anything left that is, like, bad. Yeah, I would so. agree with that. Excited to get to it all. Uh, what else? What else do we have to say before we get out of here? Uh, this is actually, I think, if we're doing this release the way that I, that I ex- expected or planned, um, I believe that this is the end of what you guys have for now. So we're going to do these three podcasts up one week and then Rachel season four, five and six the next week. So you're not overloaded with uh, like seven to eight hours of Rachel Berry content in a week. So uh, this is the end of this. So I guess we should do all the normal plugs. So where can they find us? Well, thank you guys for listening. You can follow us on TikTok and on Twitter at Choir Room Pod. You can also follow us individually. I'm Adamon Adwin, Matt at Matt Ligori. Make sure that you're leaving our star ratings and reviews wherever you get your podcasts. We'll read them aloud on the show. Uh, anything else? Yeah, I don't think we have any reviews. It's been a, a minute or two since reviews came flying in but uh if you are uh looking to send us a review we would greatly appreciate it uh we're getting down to it guys we're getting down to uh you know second half of rachel berry we'll get to uh, the rest of her story in parts four five and six uh and then of course we got to get to santana uh the one that you've all been waiting for the one that we've all been waiting for uh and then we still got a couple more podcasts uh definitely planned for after that um but you know, we're uh, we're getting to the end of uh, this expected run of what we have going on here. So send us your reviews. Uh, if you want to send us a little little bit of coin, send us your donations for, uh, you know, we, got, we do have a fee coming up to renew the podcast feed. So that's always fun. But uh, uh, oh, anything wow, you want to send our way for, for the PayPal, yeah, of uh, paypal.me slash podcast. The link is always in our description. Um, but just thank you for listening. Always appreciate it. That's all that I have. Uh, see you guys next time. Until next time, guys. We will be you later.